When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. My three words for this baffling, embarrassing, and infuriating. Yeah. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. For two reasons only. And, uh, the first is to, to give glory to God, and the second is to win a World Series. And so I, I am extremely thrilled to be a part um, of an organization that wants to do that. Steven Souza traded, Jake Odorizzi traded, uh, Dickerson, all-star last year. Derek Wetmore, you're down in Fort Myers. Um, we're going to we're gonna take a live listen. Are you ready for this, Derek? Let's do it. A live listen in. We're actually, we have live audio from the Rays front office. They're in a meeting room right now yeah, okay, in Port right. Charlotte. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Furniture is going out of business. <laughs> Millions in fine home furnishings must be liquidated now at near or below cost. Main <laughs> brand living rooms, bedrooms, dining rooms, mattresses, and more will be eliminated wow. now, regardless of cost All or that? loss. The best brands sacrifice at a fraction of their true value. Get this five-piece dinette for $2.98 <laughs> or Queen's Seriously, I mean, they, Jeez, wow. they, I think they traded their warning track here's, yesterday, too. Here's, That's a lot. Here's what you do, boys. I, I believe I read this morning, Port Charlotte, Florida is 56 miles from where you sit right now. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine get in there, get in their car right now. They drive the 56 miles. They have Max Kepler in the trunk. They get to Port Charlotte, they open up the trunk, they do the exchange. They pick up Chris Archer. Now, Chris Archer rides in the back seat, not the trunk. Heck, he can drive. And Kepler is bound and gagged and tied up, and they roll him out there, and they say, here's what you're getting for Chris Archer, and you're going to like it. We're out of here. Wow, queen mattress sets, only two ninety nine. I still can't get over that. <laughs> hey, Judd, uh, look, not to take the wind out of your sails here, because it's not like I well, disagree with your premise. Not just me. Uh, Phil yes. like this idea. All right, well, hang on a second, because where I'm going is important. The idea of trading for an ace is great, especially on a team like this that's sort of maybe, what are they, in the middle 80s projected wins right now? Probably on the outside looking into the postseason unless they surprise again, which they did last year. But the premise that you can just trade Max Kepler, and much less that you can just hogtie him and put him in the back trunk, uh... The, the premise that you could trade him or him plus for Chris Archer is ludicrous. It would take so much more value than that for the Rays if, if I'm in the Rays chair saying, yeah, I'll trade our best player, our best pitcher 
cost controlled for four years of an ace, it's going to take a lot more than a corner outfielder with some question marks about his own game. Okay, but it's, but it's going to take much more than Max how, Kepler to land you an ace like Chris Archer. Well, of course, like I, I think Max Kepler, Nick Gordon, and then something else. But here's the thing: keep going. They ju- keep no, going. but but you, I don't know if you can see that they just gave you Jake Odorizzi for clearly they've been the front office in Tampa more so than usual has been told slash payroll strip this down and get rid of some incredibly good players who are valuable. You would think if you look at the Rays and their model over the years, get players under team control and win within that window before you let them go. And then maybe you let them go with a year or two left on their, uh, you know, on their pre free agent deal. Steven Souza, who they gave up for almost nothing yesterday is a, is a multi win above replacement player. Three more years of team control, three million dollars. Like that's the mm-hmm. type of guy you hang on to for a mm-hmm. couple of years and make a run. Corey Dickerson was DFA'd. He has three more years left on his. It's 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 one of the most mysterious They've gone tank crazy. jobs yes. in, in in baseball history. Maybe when you look at like what they're doing in this week leading up to spring mm-hmm. training games. So. Even if it costs a lot, I would go for Chris Archer. But I don't think, based on the evidence we've seen, they're going to require Royce Lewis in a deal unless yeah. he's the one guy they're holding out on. You know, we're going to draw the line at Chris Archer, but we're going to get rid of everything else. Sure, They're going to yeah. trade him at some point, probably in the next four months. I think they're going to trade him at some point, too. I don't know that that has to be this year. That's what I keep going back to, that with Jake Odorizzi, you needed to get rid of him because with two years left on his deal, and he was going to be making $6.3 million this year after they lost in arbitration. So you're saving $6 million this year, maybe something like $8, $9, 10000000 next year. That's two years left on his deal, and if you go all the way through this season, A, you risk injury. B, you risk that you only have a year of team control left, and you're just not going to get as much. With Archer... You don't have that same quandary. You've got four years. Where Phil, Judd, we could be having this exact same conversation next year with, whoa, the Rays have Chris Archer in three years of cheap, affordable team control of a, of a young ace. What a valuable trade chip that is. I don't think you could say the same thing about, about Jake Odorizzi, so I just don't see them as being backed into a corner the way you guys are painting it. Wait, well, there, no, it's, it's a self-imposed backing into a For corner. Sure. In fact, no hold question. on a second. We, it sounds like we have more. Yeah, we have tapped into wow. Port Charlotte where the Rays are. We've got, on the ground. we've got more live audio. Let's, let's take a listen here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a one-time only shot. I'm going to give you 15 different baseball complete sets or wax boxes <laughs> and i'm going to do it at the lowest price i've ever done it in my, <laughs> oh my entire life wow. i guess here you go folks wildwestdeals.com is here wow. and it's 69 dollars and 99 nice. uh, of course it is well, they got don west over there and they got yeah. a website it's crazy chris archer must go and you're turning your back on this. Yeah. It's, a, no, it's no, a self-imposed backing of, of themselves yeah. into the wall. Here, here's no. the thing, Derek, where I, I disagree with, with what you're saying a little bit. The Rays have plum gone nuts. I mean, this is really okay. bizarre. Like, like if this if if we were dealing today with a point of okay, Odorizzi got traded to the Twins, and Dickerson being DFA'd was sort of weird, but he declined in the second half, and maybe that. May, but we're dealing with basically four guys jettisoned at this point. And and the Sousa trade. I mean, Sousa is going to make three point six million dollars this year, which is absolutely nothing. That's yeah. why I'm saying I think if you're the Twins, you do need to continue to be extremely aggressive 
right sure. now. Because if this continues, let's say the Rays turn around in a week and make a crazy trade and trade Archer, and it's not to you, you're going to be kicking That's yourself right. for that. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree with you there. If they're trying to be fleeced, you got to be at the front of that line if you're the Twins. You've got to stay in contact, which the Twins are going to do, obviously. If you can steal another good pitcher from them, like I think you just did with Jake Odorizzi, then you absolutely do that for Chris Archer. There's two things that are kind of running parallel here. Uh, if we just take at face value that the Rays have gone mad and are just going to give up all their good players, then yes, do it. The two things that are running parallel for me are you see all the other super teams in the American League, and it's going to take you a little while to build yourself into a club where you're sort of sustained competing with the Yankees. Um, you even look across in the National League, the Dodgers. There are some awfully good teams, not the least of which is the Cleveland Indians leading your division. I think they beat the Twins by like 17 games or something crazy like that last year. So the Twins are looking up at these super teams in the immediate present, the right now. Then the second parallel conversation is you look down the road, teams like the White Sox, uh, less, less the Royals and the Tigers, but let's stick with the Chicago White Sox, who've really taken a step back in the past year and a half so that they can be one of those super teams in the near future. They're loaded up with prospects. They've got a great farm system. I could reasonably see the White Sox competing uh, in the near future. And, and now you're looking at another great team within your division. So there's some urgency to get better in the future, but there's also urgency to get better right now to take advantage of a, the rest of a, a fairly weak American League Central besides the Indians. Yeah. So am I? I you're going to need to... Uh... To explain this in context, you have a story on 1500ESPN.com, Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers. Phil Hughes after another surgery, it's like, quote, getting another free agent. Uh, was that Thad Levine or Derek Falvey? So somebody said it's like getting another free agent. Um, I would, I think he's probably closer to becoming a free agent again than, you know, but I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it with Phil Hughes. Totally. I'm in the exact same camp. I'm not expecting anything this year. Just given the way the last two years have gone for him with injuries and ineffectiveness when he was out there, I don't think you can really expect anything. Uh, that was Thad Levine who said that uh, with Chris Russo, Mad Dog, on uh, MLB Network, I think yesterday. Uh, Russo just sort of shouted a question or a statement at Levine about Phil Hughes. I think and, he wakes uh, up shouting questions. Yes, yes. And, Le <laughs> and so Levine basically said that... Uh, after. Last year's surgery apparently didn't fix whatever the thoracic outlet problem was. Whatever the symptoms he was experiencing, the surgery that he had in the offseason to try to remedy it, apparently just didn't take. And that's how he ends up pitching you know, 53 innings last year with a terrible ERA and didn't help the Twins out at all in 2017. I mean, it's a year he'd probably rather forget. Ditto for 2016. But now that he had another one, they're hopeful, they're optimistic that that finally will relieve some of those problems and that Hughes will be able to pitch totally in your camp, Phil, that I'll believe it when I see it, but if they do get a helpful pitcher for him, if he does make the team out of spring training, yeah, that'd be an awfully big addition if the Twins get the 2014 version of Phil Hughes back. Just curious, are, are there theories about how that surgery, Derek, did not work? I, I thought that was a pretty foolproof you went in and basically removed part of that rib or that rib. I'm surprised well, no. to hear it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it works for everybody. I, huh. uh, didn't uh, Matt Harvey have the same deal? And I don't think he's back to the same pitcher that he was pre-surgery. I, I don't know what the ins and outs are. Uh, not a medical expert, but possible. So I know he had part of a 
piece of rib removed or something like that. that yeah, that's that was supposed to. Yeah, yeah, so so that was supposed to relieve some of whatever the friction or anything in there that was causing pain and maybe some numbness in the fingers. Maybe you just have to go in and get more of it out. I don't know. They did. Did they not take out enough? Uh, again, not an expert, so I don't know the ins and outs of that surgery. Um, but another case of. I'm skeptical. I will believe it when I see it. And for me, I wrote this last spring. It's the exact same story now. Without the fastball, without his effectiveness, uh, both velocity and the life on his fastball, it's just not the same Phil Hughes. So that's the number one thing that I'm going to be watching this spring as an indicator of, is he back or is this just more of the same story? It's weird because in 2014, he was a borderline Cy Young Award guy who broke the strikeout-to-walk ratio record. But if you take the three seasons after that, and like yeah. the three seasons before that, 2010 is the last time he was yeah. truly good as a starting pitcher. And and you look back to his Yankees prospect days where he was one of the most uh, ballyhooed pitching prospects in baseball. He hasn't quite lived up to that. Yeah. I still think that there's a good pitcher in there somewhere if the Twins can maximize his potential. But uh, just to borrow Thad Levine's uh, thought there, if the Twins uh, signed him as a free agent this year to the two years and $26.4 million left on his contract, I'd say... Uh, they probably got a bad deal given the pitching market this winter. Wow, Derek, it sounds like, man, the, this Rays liquidation sale, it's a good thing we're tapped into the conference room there. I, in, I appreciate in you guys Port having Charlotte. a... There's just a reporter on the ground in both Fort Myers and Port Charlotte. 1,500 ESPN really shelling out. Yeah, let's give another listen here. What are they talking about, Dave? 1989 Upper Deck High Numbered Series. 1990 Upper Deck High Numbered Series. 1990 and 1991 score rookie and traded sets. 1990 tops traded set. The 1989 and the 1990 Fleer update sets. Complete Sets A to Z. Like Boy, everything A-Z. must go yeah. in Tampa. Yep. And you know, I'm surprised Don West was available, by the way. The whole dome's for sale. You get a two-win pitcher, and you get a three-win pitcher, and you get a two-and-a-half-win outfielder. The catwalks at the Tropper for sale. Everything must go before the <laughs> end of the day. Chris, Chris Archer is a small part of this, and we'll give him to the Twins. Uh, I don't know that you want any part of that stadium. In fact, I'm not sure that the Rays want any part of that stadium, so they might just throw that in as a pot yeah. sweetener. Hey, what else uh, what, else, what else is happening down there? What else can people find at 1500ESPN.com uh, with your spring training coverage here today, Derek? I, I've got a story up right now about Trevor May. They've got a date sort of tentatively circled on the calendar for his return from Tommy John surgery. That's a guy I don't think enough people are talking about. I'm going to include him. He's probably going to be the leading guy, actually, in a column. Five guys that uh, we're not talking about too much that could be big contributors for the Twins in 2018. I, I see a ton of upside based on the year he had in 2016, and obviously 2017 wiped out by the surgery, but uh, there, there's a story there on, on May's return, what that entails, where he's at right now in the process, and just a guy I think sort of flying under the radar for the Twins right now. Uh, Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers, 1500ESPN.com, and also the Touch em All podcast. We have uh, several episodes and different uh, pieces of content you can check out on that feed too. So bye, Derek. See you, Wetmore. Guys. All right. Man, Don West, working for the Rays now. Didn't it's like crazy. my idea. You take Kepler, you like, Max, we're going uh, for a bite to eat. Yeah. You stick him in the trunk, you force him in the trunk, you drive him 56 miles to Port Charlotte, you drop him off, you pr- you pick up Chris Archer. I think Derek is in denial a little bit about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this is the time to strike. Forget about, no, well, maybe next year. This but, this is the time to strike. But De- Derek has always deals from a point of, of intelligence here. What the <laughs> we, Rays are we doing. We never bother with what that. The, what the Rays are doing is making no sense. The Rays are making, they're not making any sense. They yeah. gave Souza away. He's yes. going to make 
relative to baseball terms salaries, he's going to make nothing this and year. And if they can't strike a deal for Corey Dickerson, a, a guy who made the All-Star game last year and hit almost 30 home runs and is a really good player, will just be picked up by another team. Correct. So um, let's come back, talk a little bit more twins, a little more ball. Dave's got some questions later on this hour. And uh, the number is 651-646-8255 from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Two guys, Woo! one topic. Sports. Mackie and Judd are back. Hamburg is crazy. On 1500 ESPN. Reckless speculation. Yes. We're telling the twins, drive your butts up to Port Charlotte. It's only like an hour, maybe 45 minutes. Yep, it's very and close. Don't leave until Chris Archer is in your car. It's the Ray's liquidation sale. Let's go to Jim here. Jim's been on hold. Uh, what's going on, Jim? You're on the show. Hey, to you guys, listen to the trade talk. I think they need to do a Delman Young kind of trade that Tampa stuck off last few years ago. Yeah, I like that idea. It's Miguel Sano, though. All right. Kepler. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So you're going to Sano and Kepler. Yeah, I think I'll throw in a mighty leaguer, but you get Archer and you get Denard Span back because they want to unload salary and Span's what? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I think he's. It's like with the buyout. So, Jim, thanks for the call. I think I we would, both approved that trade a while back, didn't we? Not both Kepler and Sano. I'd make him pick one of them, and then minor leaguers. I would never give them two established major leaguers for Chris Archer, because that doesn't make sense. Because now you're trading four years of of uh, Sano and five years of yeah, Kepler okay. for four years of Archer. Like, pick one well, of those and then give you some minor leaguers. Lavelle had the story, and I think Doogie did as well, about the Rays liking Kepler. If I'm not mistaken, there have been pretty definitive reports, correct, that Sano was at some point in time dangled by the Twins. Like, Kepler, I don't think we know. I think we know that the Rays had interest in Kepler and that his name might have been bandied about. I think with Sano, we have a pretty clear uh, reporting done that he at least was dangled by the Twins, and it's smart. If you're Mm -hmm. the Twins, if you're the Twins and you have a chance to get an ace pitcher for a guy who you have major question marks about, and there's no no doubt when it comes to Sano, you have major question marks, you'd be crazy not to make that trade. And you're still working with potential when it comes to Max Kepler. I think there's a lot of potential there. He can't hit lefties. Right now, he's basically a platoon corner outfielder. I know he plays almost every day, but he can't hit lefties right now. If you give him the benefit of the doubt that he can eventually come around and be serviceable against lefties, then he's going to be a really good, rock-solid right fielder for the next, I don't know, eight years. Mm -hmm. But I think you have one of those coming up through the system right now who just mashed at high A Fort Myers, probably plays double A, maybe triple A this season. He's 23 years old, Brent Rooker. Mm Mm-hmm. Brent Rooker was the Twins' sandwich round pick. So there's the there's the supplemental picks between the first and second round, and he was the 35th overall pick. College kid, right? Mississippi State. Yeah, he was very good. And so I talked to some people who uh, who scout and who do work oh, you with— You did some digging. You did some I did, sourcing. This is last year during the draft. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, listen, I still report once in a while. But I talked to some people who have watched ahead, Brent Rooker, yep. and I talked to some high-level SEC sources, some Mississippi State sources— and 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 the way it was put to me, not only did Brent Rooker mash and lead the SEC in a bunch of hitting categories, and that's probably the best baseball conference in the country, the SEC. He did it on Friday nights too. Friday night is the big number one starter ace night, and and that's across all the wow, college look baseball. At you. Yeah, that's good. You're and right. he was great against those pitchers as well. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a fast track guy because he's 23. And he'll turn uh, 24 right when the season's uh, over in November. 
So if you can fast track him and if you think he's legit and he put up some big power numbers, the guy hit 18 homers in just 62 games in his first taste of minor league baseball. And usually they don't push you to high A right away, but they did with him. So to me, if you believe that Brent Rooker is, you know, 75% chance to be a really good major league hitter and he plays right field, well, that makes it even easier to make easier the trade. To trade Max Kepler for Chris Archer. Listen to how much sense we're making right now. And Wetmore didn't want to listen to one bit of our yeah. of our proposals. Does it bug you at all that you got teams like the Marlins and well, pretty much all of Florida right now in the major <laughs> leagues just obviously tanking? It's not even they're not even trying to like the Twins were kind of tanking for a while, but still, let's go sign Phil Hughes over here while we rebuild. Let's go sign Kevin Correa. While I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask a question. I think fans are going to flip out. But have the Twins ever had a true what what we would call a true fire sale? They've traded some very good players. Johan was was shopped, um, but they were still trying to Novelock win. was shopped. But my but but my point is this: the Marlins and Rays are dumping massive amounts of talent. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. So the Twins, the first time they might have started doing this was around ninety five to ninety seven. I don't remember. Rebecca retired. Yeah, but I don't recall. Knoblock, yeah. I don't recall a time where the Twins stripped it down and said we're going to trade everybody. Basically, I don't think so. I that's yeah, that's a good question. I, because that's what Puck, these teams are doing now. It would have been interesting to see if Herbeck had stuck around and if Puckett didn't have his career end abruptly, would they have been forced to trade off Kirby Puckett in like nineteen ninety eight? Or yeah. if Ken Herbeck had stuck around into his mid to late 30s, because he was like 34, and I Herbeck say, wasn't going to leave here no matter what. Yeah. He wouldn't have left. Um, yeah. But yes, it bothers me. Here's why the Rays thing bugs me and mystifies me. It, the timing of it. Like, you just got to spring training, and now you're going to dump? Yeah. It, the Marlins thing is bothersome, but I feel like at least then you're watching it unfold during the offseason, so you're like, okay, this is disturbing, but it's an offseason teardown. This is you get to spring training, and now you just start dumping, and you don't dump one guy. I think I think it's four guys in the past five days. Well, and, and Miami so, yes, has stripped down me. everything. Tampa, uh, Houston a few years ago stripped it down to $11 million, and it worked, and they mm-hmm. won a World Series a few years later. The Cubs stripped it down when Theo Epstein took over. The White Sox are doing it, so it's definitely a big thing in baseball right now. But I would say if your front office is doing, if they're saying, all right, we're going to implement a strategy that we think is going to lead to a World Series. Now, I don't know if that's the Marlins' strategy all these years. I think their strategy has just been make the previous owners money. Um, Now, Derek Jeter's going to, I think Derek Jeter wants to win, but... I don't have a problem with front offices doing what needs to be done to win big in the future, but then don't get mad when your revenue goes down because fans aren't buying tickets. Yeah, I'll never blame a fan for not buying an $80 ticket when you include parking and then paying much money for food for a product that's not watchable. Did Houston, when when they did that, did they strip out uh, favorable contracts? Because that's the, that's the weird thing about what the Rays are doing. They're taking pretty favorable contracts and deciding that those are too much. Yeah, not really. I mean, Houston got rid of... They got rid of the bloated contracts. Which makes sense. You might yeah. not like it, but it makes sense. Yeah. But the Rays are taking what look to be team-friendly contracts and dumping them, which is why why we keep going back to, okay, if you're going to go down that path, then at some point in time, you're probably going to take out yeah. Chris Archer. We need someone. There's got to be a – there's been very little buzz, like actual information from all these baseball, the national guys, about Chris Archer. But he's got – like, there's got to be some – are they going to trade him or not? Because – if they want to, I'm sure there's, by now, there's probably 15 or 20 teams looking around and saying, wait a second, 
You gave up Souza for what? You gave up Oda Rizzi for nothing? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, here's an offer for, for Chris Archer. Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw our way when we come back? I want to know just how much you love the things in life that are most dear to you. And there's a, uh, well, there's a way I'll explain it when we do that. Okay. Phil Mackey. He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times. Judd Zolgad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Dave Harrigan is here. He's got questions. We have answers. Let's start with Chris Archer. And let's try to look at it from the Tampa Bay Rays point of view as if they still actually cared about getting something worthwhile back and all the trades they've been making, okay? I know it might be tough to stretch your mind that far, but go with me on the journey. I'm sitting over here with our new intern, Sin, and he just says, I'm not going to trade Chris Archer now. Why would you trade Chris Archer now? If you're the Rays and you know that every team in America is going to come after you for Chris Archer, who's got several years of team control left mm-hmm. and comparative to a pitcher of his, his skill level is making very little money this year. Why aren't you waiting till the trade deadline? Do you have any reason to deal Chris Archer before the season at any point? No, you don't. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Like there's, they are out of their minds to trade him at any point in the next two years. I mean, even the trades they've made or is he Souza? Yeah. What was the point? There is like the only point, the, <laughs> like the yes. only point can be that they're trying to get down to like 50 million in payroll or something. To turn a profit, like that, the, that the ownership came to them and said, "Hey, you're at eighty million dollars, and for us to turn a profit because our TV deal sucks, no one shows up to our games, and we just like we took a shot for a couple of years, we lost money, and I don't even know if that's I'd have to go look at the like the Forbes report or something. We got to get it down to about fifty five or sixty million in payroll so that we can not be bleeding money as an ownership group, um, and so like that's." That's the only reason. So I agree. It makes no logical sense to trade any of these players for less than a haul. And it makes no sense to trade Chris Archer for maybe another two years. Like you could you could hang on to him for two more years. And then some team would still be trading for two years of, in his prime, one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. And if he throws well the first few months of the season, come July, you could basically ransack a team's minor league system, right? You should be able to do that right now, too. I think you can sure. do that for, unless he blows up and has Tommy John or something. You should be able to ransack a team any point in the next two years. If they hadn't given Souza away yesterday, I, I would not have suggested that this was a possibility. This this is as close as you can possibly come. The only thing I can figure is, is the Rays have been pushing for a ballpark in Tampa for ages now. and And they've been stymied, I think, at most turns. What we're seeing now is as close as you could possibly come uh, to another, if you're a fan, why question, which was uh, the Twins being offered up for contraction. You know, why would you do that? Because the owner's incredibly frustrated and by that point does not care and simply wants to get it, wants to basically bleed the product as much as possible. The Rays, to put it simply, have gone mad. They have gone raving mad. And because of that, that's why I think you have to go to them and say, what's it going to take? We will give you what it takes. We will make they you are giving away players right now who aren't in baseball terms. Salary wise going to make that much. This makes no sense. 
which is why you have to be incredibly proactive. Yeah. Because you don't want them to turn around tomorrow and trade Archer to the Mets and say, oh, my God, we could have had him. This is a rare opportunity to get a really good pitcher and seemingly logic is gone. Uh, w- one other thing, too, as I, I th- on Chris Archer, a lot of people are wondering, well, okay, he has a, he had an ERA of four. Like, what what's so special about him? you got to keep in mind context. So there's been more home runs hit in the history of baseball like that, than at any point in 150 years, the last two years. Mm-hmm. I looked this up. The, the actual uh, average American League ERA was four and a half. So he was fringe top 10 ERA even in kind of a bad year for him. That you had, uh, you yeah, you only had about, you only had twelve guys under four, and then Chris Archer was right there at at just over four, better than a lot of really good household name pitchers. So even in a down year for him, so to speak, yep, a bunch of strikeouts and uh, a well well better than average ERA. But you're right, it doesn't make sense. They've gone mad. We're not dealing in what makes sense. We're dealing in the Rays of liquidation sale right now, which is. Their prerogative. I guess. All right. Well, question two. Let's do a little of this. Reckless speculation. With no regard for human life. I believe the tweet that was promoting the latest episode of the Purple Podcast, Judd, was the case for putting the franchise tag on case. Correct. We discussed it. Yes. Yes, that was discussed. Did you just you discuss the case for for or against it? Uh, we went we. Discuss the case from both sides. Well, we did not make a strong case towards doing it. Take a side. The franchise tag window opened yesterday. The Vikings have until March 6th to decide whether or not they want to do it. The question is simple. Well, it's actually multiple questions. Should they franchise case? Mm -hmm. Will they franchise case? Mm -hmm. And if so, does it matter whether you do the exclusive, non-exclusive to you? Do you care? I don't care. Uh, I don't care on three. Uh, will they? Do I think they will? No, I do not. Should they? I would strongly consider it given this. Uh, if you do it, it's it's a lot of salary, but it's for one year, and, and your, your kept situation is fine. If you can bring back Teddy, and what you basically set them up to do is accept the fact that Keenan probably starts the season as the starter, but the transition can then take place, and if something, if Teddy is starting in, let's say, week six and goes down again, You've got a viable starting quarterback. So I think there is a case to be made for doing it. Given how Zimmer feels about Keenum, I think it's a very, very long shot. I I think Zim is, is incredibly prepared at this point Zim. for Keenum to walk out the door and sign in, let's say, Denver or Arizona, and for Bridgewater to take over the starting job again and then to bring in a backup to him. I say so. The options are: should they, will they, and was there you care about the exclusive okay. franchise tag or oh, non-exclusive? I, I do not care about the last part. I don't think they should, and I don't think they will franchise him because I think Case Keenum is a perfect candidate to to reside in an empty middle class quarterback salary home. There are none right now. The only two quarterbacks, actually, there's three of them. The only three quarterbacks making between twenty million dollars. And seven million dollars are Andy Dalton at sixteen, and I think he's he'll stay under contract. Tyrod Taylor and Mike Glennon. Tyrod Taylor can be cut, and the Bills will save, I don't know, some amount of money. I think it's like I mean, they're going to eat some, but there's talk that Tyrod Taylor is going to be gone. Maybe I don't know if it's trade, but 
but he's not long for the uh, the middle class of quarterback salaries. Mike Glennon, he's going to be gone. Uh, the Bears can cut him, and and they only have to eat like four or five million dollars. So why not Case Keenum in that middle ground? Why pay him twenty three million? Doesn't he seem like the perfect candidate if you're if you're an NFL team, whether you're the Vikings or the Cardinals, whoever? You know what? That was a really good year, and we're definitely going to pay you more than you've ever made in your entire life. But there were those five years before you got to Minnesota. There were the reckless throws and the interceptions, and the there was the NFC, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, the NFC Championship game. So yeah. we don't trust you at twenty three million for a franchise tag, and we don't trust you to make twenty million dollars a year on a multi year deal. But we trust you for like fifteen. I think you go to him, any team, Vikings, anybody else, and you say we ain't going to pay you twenty three. The guys who make twenty three million are the Drew Brees and the like. Tom Brady makes twenty average annual. Value. We're not going to pay you like a Matt Ryan or like a Russell Wilson, but we will we will change your life, and we will put you in this empty middle class area of quarterback salaries. Interesting. There yeah. sh- there should be a middle class, and but, Case Keenum, but there just is, is not. a is a perfect candidate to set the middle class. And like, He'll can you really turn down fifteen or sixteen million dollars? You- when the Cardinals will offer twenty, sure you can. Well, and that's where supply and demand comes in, and maybe, maybe demand, crazy demand takes over. All right. Well, we've talked on this show many times about the people who really like football, and the people who really, really love football. Your Jaworskis, your Dilfers, your Field Yateses. Yeah, his name is Field. Yeah. And of course, your John Gruden's. He loves football. We know that, right? SI, the newest edition, will have a little background, a deep dive into the mind that is John Gruden, new coach of the Oakland Raiders. Let me read a little bit of it for you. So, yeah, Gruden formulated this theory about purpose and fraudulence and death. He jotted down some notes and even a title, The Football Gods. I thought I could write a cool Broadway play, he says. I really do want to write this book, but I'd rather it be a movie. Here's the basis. Oh, my God. Your passion leads to your heaven. Live for classical music, die, and you'll end up there there conducting the New York Philharmonic. Legendary football coaches like Lombardi and Hallis, they arrived in heaven, started talking ball, and never stopped. And now they monitor the coaches down on earth. Gruden is, quote, convinced this part is real. All those icons are up there judging. If you're faking it, the football gods will get you, he says. They reward the guys who work hard. That's why Tom Brady is where he is. If you're focused and determined and legit, good things will happen. I believe that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sign me up, by the way. For, for that theatrical You want to buy a ticket to the movie, the play, or read the book first? I'm in on all platforms. It's, a, it's another simple question. <laughs> Is there anything, any idea, any person, any anything in your life you believe you are as obsessed with or love as much as John Gruden loves football? Wow. I mean, for me, no. For Judd... I mean, that includes yeah, I pets, significant others. Listen, Tommy and Tigger. Family. Love me some Tommy and Tigger. But John Gruden <laughs> is on another level. Now, Judd, when it comes to Yingling or Diet Coke. Oh, not that obsessed. Hooded sweatshirts. Oh, he's not even wearing a hoodie today. Yeah, no, I'm not wearing one. 
I don't think there's anything. No, in all in all candidness. But it, obsessed is different than love. I mean, this, this is a, this is an almost unhealthy obsession. We'll take the word obsession out of it then. Do you love anything, anyone, any whatever as much as you think oh, John Gruden loves football? I suppose the wife and the dog. I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, he's really the dog. He's not. Oh, Stella's great. <laughs> Holly before her. Yeah. I mean, the family, the, the dog, the dog's great. I, dog's fantastic. But boy, I mean, so he's basically, <laughs> wait, wait, though. I'm trying to unpack this just for a second. He's saying that the Lombardis and Hallises, they pass away and then they go upstairs and then they just sit around all day drinking and smoking cigars and talking ball and looking down on earth watching more ball. It's but, like, but like guiding you. Yeah. It's the eternal Sunday it's ticket. It's the eternal red zone. They're watching. Yeah. I got to well, get up there. Oh, no, it's beyond red zone, though. They have to watch what you're doing backed up by your own head. Is there like a qualification for being in that group? I mean, do you have to be a Hall of Fame coach? What, like when Tim Brewster dies, <laughs> is he part of that group too? Hey, boys, are you hungry? You're starving. Oh, he get kicked out right away. <laughs> Tim, uh, why don't you go to the kids' table? They'd block him on Twitter. You think you like football? Well, John Gruden doesn't just really like football. He f- loves football. We started playing uh, with a lot of energy. Um, Sometimes they bluff you. Nobody blitzes at all. The next time they might just bring one of these linebackers. The next time they might bring both of them. The next time they might just stunt the defensive lineman. Then they bring all of them. It's a jailbreak blitz. Then they bring four to a side. Then they bring four over here. They bring one here and one over there. They do it all. And Eli Manning has to figure it all out in the noise. America wants to know, the last year after the play, what muddy coverage is. Well, you don't know if it's man-to-man. You don't know if it's zone. You don't know if it's two deep or three deep. They mix it up extremely well. I'm glad we didn't have to wait till after the play. Football! Football, yeah! yeah. You know what? Actually, I thought of something. I love TCL TVs just as much as John Gruden loves football. Very good. And that's because of the 4K picture quality. The 4,000-plus streaming channels you get access to with the built-in Roku device and all of the crystal-clear uh, you know, screens on the various TCL TVs. The P-Series has received rave reviews in credible publications all over the world. It's CNET's best TV of 2017, at least it's on the list, the short list. Uh, Quote, truly excellent image quality, the best smart TV system on the market. Now, let's see, USA Today's Review.com awarded the TCLP series Editor's Choice, saying it aced their tests for contrast, color, and motion, and that the P-series sends a clear message, TCL has arrived. So all you have to do is stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and uh, ask about TCL TVs. You can also go to TCLUSA.com to find out more about America's fastest-growing TV brand. Mackie and Judd now continue. Here we go, here we go. On 1500 ESPN. Based on the New York Times best-selling novel, don't miss the inspirational true story. Same kind of different as me now on Blu-ray, starring a critically acclaimed cast including Renee Zellweger and Greg Kinnear. Get the film critics are calling powerful and inspiring. Own same kind of different as me on Blu-ray today, rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures, and enter to win your own copy now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? 
Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football. They love it. Mike is standing there. I'm standing next to him. He says, we win this. We win this game. We win the division. We win the playoffs. We go to the playoffs. And we all time. get $8,500. I'm buying yeah. a new screen in porch on my house. I got to have this game. I don't know about you. I got to have the 8500 He says, south right, 72 zebra shallow cross. This is what he said. He says, Brett, throw the post to Robert Brooks. If he's not open, throw it away. We'll kick the field goal. We'll go to overtime. Do not scramble. He Don't did. scramble. He didn't say it four times. He said it five times. You're running out to the huddle. He says, do not scramble. And you're like, got it. Brett Favre. Tell me about why you did this. What the hell's going on? I don't know. <laughs> what? Uh, it's $8,500, Favre. God you bless know. you, brother. Football. Football, yeah. I was just telling Dave down the line, if they made, if John Gruden did a podcast or hell, like a half hour weekly TV show where it was just him reading plays and reciting plays, I would be in. Just John Gruden sang the name of plays. Just sing various football-y football things? Oh my God. Just shallow right, ZX, cross, spider two. He'd have to break down why the plays work, too. You know, like the explanation we got about the turkey hole on Monday Night Football uh, sometime this season. They call that the turkey hole, man. <laughs> it's red left switch. Z right. Sprint right G. U corner, halfback flat. Nice and easy. Let's walk it. Here we go. Football. Football, yeah. You know, this brings up an interesting question. Have, have we seen ESPN's plan? Do they pl- uh, are they going to replace Gruden on the quarterback camp? Oh, I don't. You can't do that. But I love the quarterback. I'm going to admit still, he should still do it. Just make it a Raiders as production a Ra- as a Raiders official. I mean, who who would you put in there? I don't know, but I'm going to. That was some good television. Put Farvin there. Wow. Get that hit him face to face with Sam Darnold. You know, you go through some of the critical plays. You know, maybe Darnold interception. Would I have thrown that ball? Maybe. Would have hit my window, though. <laughs> Watch this throw. Rolling to my left, backing up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, and and I make another throw the next time. It's like it came right out of here. I mean, it, had to, I, it like had to drop in like a butterfly with sore feet. It had to drop in like that. Like a what? <laughs> football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Football! Yeah! I love that. He lost Gruden. Dude, Favre would be a, the only one who could replace Gruden on that show is Brett Favre. And Favre would have no idea what some of the offensive systems are or what any of the plays are. How would the college kids would be explaining offense to him? How much would Favre... Uh, so that, that sounds like a great play, but here's what I would change it to with a lot of scrimmage. How no. much would Favre say things like, I mean, Sam, you didn't take a real chance there. I would have forced that ball between the safeties 30 <laughs> yards more downfield and taken my chance. Yeah, you know, I'd look the safety onto the receiver a little bit more just to make the throw a little more fun and challenging. <laughs> now, uh, explain to me, what's this spread offense? <laughs> well, Brett, it means you spread people out. Oh. Oh, th- oh that's it? I got in trouble for that one well, time. I, I, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I want to mock. Mock. I want to Hey, Mel Kuyper, the godfather, is not the only one mocking today. SportsIllustrated.com has one out from this morning as well. This is the official pre-combine, pre-free agency mock 
It's volume two. Volume one uh, for the pre-combine, pre-free agency label, yep. as it says. Yep. Let's start at the top here. Vikings are at 30, obviously. According to SI.com, Cleveland will take Sam Darnold number one overall, quarterback USC. The Giants settling in with Josh Allen, Wyoming, quarterback number two. Wow. So Josh Rosen kind of free falling. Allen has really risen up. Let's see here. Uh, Bradley Chubb, edge rusher, NC State to Indianapolis, who's had a terrible defense for years, number three. Cleveland with Saquon Barkley with their second top five pick. Josh Rosen to Denver at number five overall. See if there's other quarterbacks here. Eh, where's the uh, Where's Baker Mayfield? I don't know if they have him. No, nothing. 27, 28. All the way down to 30th overall. Uh-huh. The Vikings select edge rusher from LSU, Arden Key. I want a mock. Wow. Mock. Uh, SI.com says, really thinking Key will fall out of the first round and could keep on falling. He has a lot of off-the-field questions to answer. Wasn't great on the field last year. His potential, though, is limitless. Take an offensive lineman. I don't know if you need, like... I like the tackle. Yeah, and, and, and like a question mark-filled yeah, no, upside guy. You go get a player who can block. No, you don't. Plus, you've already got Daniel right, Hunter in. To- I told you, though, my theory is that with only five picks, Spielman's going to bail down. He's going to trade that first-round pick and get a couple more picks. Yeah, that makes sense. If he he loves to have ten, right? Yes, and he's and, and he's got five right now. And usually you go in with seven, and he trades to he'll he'll trade to get like four seventh round picks or an extra fifth or something. Yes. He almost always he's trader Rick. It's his favorite time of year. Yes. So to, it's I think one of two things. He's either going to trade back, um, and stockpile picks, or they make the they take the the best player available in the first round just to get some value, and then they trade out of the second round. I don't think he. I don't think they make the first and second yeah, round picks, that. both of them. Yep. Yeah. But they'll, he'll, I guarantee you by the time the draft starts or sh- shortly thereafter, once it gets underway, that he will be up to seven picks in no time. Yeah. And he very well could have 10 by the time they're done. I'm just going through some of our emails today. This is, we might have set a record for emails about Lindsey Vaughn and or our politics and sports conversation or emails from the nine o'clock hour. We got a bunch on hockey. Judd too. ripping Lindsey Vaughn for considering maybe skiing longer. That yeah, I, I ripped her. All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really, really, really putting it a focus. Oh, hey, by the way, I saw. I don't know if you guys saw this. So the 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 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show from last weekend, the one hundred thousand dollar putt. We had the guy on the other day. Yeah. So that went viral. Like golf Golf Channel picked that up. The really? video of it. Golf Digest, oh, cool. Instagram, it was viewed 100,000 times yesterday. It's been picked up on a lot of the sports blogs around, too, that yeah. I've seen, yeah. I saw a different angle from the Golf Digest. I don't know who filmed the golf. It's different than the one we put up on the on the Venture Bank golf show page, but mm-hmm. it's a view from closer to where the guy's putting. That's an incredible putt. 100-plus feet. And I think like, the crowd was hanging around thinking, well, I mean, like no one's going to make yeah, this. Yeah, he's got no chance. And he kind of walked up to it and just... Took a thwack. He didn't well, really put awesome. a lot into it, but it's pretty cool. It went viral. So, uh, are we doing scoop tomorrow or scoop Friday? Scoop tomorrow, ten fifteen. Doogie's been fighting with people well, about Nick, Nick Foles in yes. our Twitter accounts today. Brawling. All in our timeline. So we'll talk more reckless right. speculation tomorrow. Bye.